obviously me and Zoe have been like antiquing for a while and um we've been just trying a bunch of different places and we found this lady <clears throat> who is in this industrial warehouse from like the 1800s in downtown Dayton not the good part of Dayton mind you um a really not a great location and we went in there and Zoe was very hell bent on going and I was like I don't know I just I'm still don't have a ton of energy I don't really feel like going I'm so glad we went, dude, because the moment we walked in, there was an entire rack of like old Playboys, and that, that kind of makes you sound like a pervert when you say it out loud, but I've been on a trek for these for such a long time, because in good condition, they're hard to find, A, and B, like they're like time capsules of just mm-hmm. like um, advertising, of just the way people talked, like the articles are really interesting, Um there's one from 1979 that talks about um, the war on abortion. And it's like, wow, time is a flat circle. Things mm-hmm. have not changed at all. Um, I don't know. It was just really interesting. So I was thumbing through those and I was like, I'm going to try and get one from um, three different kind of like time periods. So I got one from 1964, 1970, 1979. And I was so pumped because, I mean, where do you find those? And three of them for like 25 bucks wasn't an awful deal so she she ended up cutting me a way bigger deal than that but also they had cassettes and i was like i don't ever see like decent cassettes if you see them they're normally like throwaway ones like um the ones you'd buy on like an infomercial so i got lion king the original soundtrack very pumped about that and just the way it's packaged i think is really cool um tanya tucker love me like you used to uh, from 1987, Hootie and the Blowfish, incredible. Um, who can forget the album that had "Let Her Cry," "Hold My Hand," "Only Want to Be with You." I, he didn't make more than one album, did he? I can't remember. I don't think so. If he did, it was only one more. From 1994, again in great condition, and he sold these to me for like three bucks a piece. That's dope. Um, and then George Strait, obviously the lead on. And that was the one you said you loved his uh, denim denim uh, zip up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a kid in a candy store sometimes. Because you go to all these places and then you just find like little things. You're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. You don't spend a ton of money. And then you go into a place like that. It's like you have – you've been collecting exactly what I've been wanting. So, I – I told that girl, I was like, this was the most wild experience I've ever had antiquing because you go into antique malls, you find little shops you like, and then you can follow them on Instagram. And that's kind of what Zoe did. And in turn, one of the places she follows recommended going to this place. And somehow or another, we found this place. And it was like, wow, this is a big old open room. That's all, They're only using like a quarter of the room. But it's like completely done up like an antique mall and there's like cool antique shirts and our vintage shirts and it was beyond a doubt the wild most weird thing in Dayton I think I've ever witnessed. <laughs> Cause everything else is like dance studios and like pottery, yep. and then there's just a random antique store on the third floor. We had to watch a oh. an Instagram video on how to get to the room because there's no signs. So you walk in the door, 
because you park in the center and you're like, where do we even go in? And so we had to watch her Instagram video. You go in like door nine and then you go up and walk through all these stairs. That's dope. I mean, saying it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in Dayton is quite a statement. It, it has to be. I, I've seen a lot of weird and dumb shit in Dayton, but this was definitely like the biggest payoff. Because I was, I, we pulled in and I was like, Zoe, where are we? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. <laughs> I saw it on Instagram. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. I forgot how to introduce the show again, like I do every week. This week, we are doing a new playlist about bands that broke up too soon or that we wish made more music. So let's get into it. <laughs> that's okay yeah it's fine every week's your first week that keeps it it exciting (laughs) but yeah like uh like kevin mentioned this is our uh bands that broke up too soon playlist um i there's a lot of tiktoks and youtube videos about bands that you wish made more music and i think Putting our little spin on that uh, was going to be fun. So I'm excited we made this playlist. And uh, if you guys want to check it out, it's on Spotify. Uh, If you have recommendations on what you thought we missed, uh, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, um, email. We love email. and Or join our Discord. We love getting on a Discord and discussing music um, with just about anybody that will listen. So um, there was a a very heated debate about Nickelback the other day. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't say it was a debate. It was just a group shitting on Nickelback in the Discord the other day. So yeah, I, I was uh, I was out with some people and they told me that Nickelback wasn't that bad and that uh, and that kind of spurred a really fun discussion on Discord. So that is our plug to get you on Discord. Is that if you have hot or cold feelings about anything, we are willing to uh, get the pitchforks out with you. Hmm. Um. So, Kev, bands that broke up too soon, I know you were, um, I don't want to say lukewarm, but you were not as uh, as gung-ho about this as I was. Yeah, I think because I just, like, we talked about it before the show, before we are recording, and I just, the, a lot of the bands that I love, I don't feel like I need more music from them, or they're still active, so I know I'm going to get more music from them. Um and Ben brought up a good point about Daft Punk because they were the first band that came to mind for me um, in that, yeah, I would love for there to be new new Daft Punk on the horizon, but they also gave it their all for like 20 years. So, I, I mean, I, I, I can't be upset or wish that I had new music because I'm, I'm happy that they're done and they're happy. Fuck, dude. This Dairy Queen's got me fucking burping up a storm over here. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, I think I think I'm gonna end the tradition of like ordering food for our uh, right before we record. 
because it just makes me fucking hideous monster for the first 10 minutes of a podcast um like i was listening to last week's episode and i could just hear when i was like chewing shit okay no never again and then here i am again this week um but yeah no so i was just like i don't know it wasn't that i wasn't excited about it i like the concept of it um it's just for my personal stuff that i listen to i just really couldn't think of anything and so i ended up just reusing all literally every single song i've already talked about somewhere on the podcast yeah completely I, by accident but i i think i i get what ben's saying about daft punk but they broke up in 2020 and their last album was 2013 so i think yeah. i guess we kind of wished we would have got a goodbye like we didn't know seven years prior that that was going to be our goodbye you know what i mean I got the wrong fucking blizzard, dude. I'm pissed. God fucking damn it. So we've regrouped. <laughs> yeah, we've regrouped. Um, I will tell the story at the end of the episode so okay. we can go through this entire... So we can get through this podcast, but I was pissed. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, me personally, uh, bands that broke up too soon. That's just like almost all exclusively the music I listen to. There's a lot, a lot of the music in the, the genres I like to listen to have broken up, whether financial reasons or, um, having allegations. There, there's so many different reasons that things just wouldn't work out. And, um, that's always led me to like, a lot of these bands are like crystallized in time because of that and uh it's always been like uh oh man what if they had one more album like they were oh, they were so close what if they just had what if they just did one more you know and uh that's always kind of fun to look at and especially after we did our you know our our mood playlist last week where we just like basically made up fairy tales about a fictional character um it just seemed like a natural uh transition to this playlist yeah no i wish i had put jail socks on my list now now that i'm thinking about it because yeah. I really did like them, and they only gave us one band, and they're all still like super fucking young. So, but this, but to me, that's cool. Like, that's why I like talking to you about stuff like this because that's the scene that you're into. It seems to happen a lot more in that scene where like metal bands they either stay together forever, or or at least the metal eye that I've listened to, or they just replace members. Like Iced Earth is just. They replace, they are a brand new band every fucking year, but they're still iced earth. You know what I mean? They're still making the same music. So um, it's really cool. I, I, I think there's some kind of, there's a certain bit of romance in that because you can say, like, it, it really truly feels like it could be like, oh, but you like those? But have you heard of these guys? They only released two albums 20 years ago. You I just think had there's something to be there, really, man. Yeah, there's something really cool about that. And I, I kind of am sad that i don't really have a whole lot of that to pull from from my own personal music taste um so it was cool kind of reading through your notes this morning and seeing like what they meant to you uh so i'm really really excited to talk about your picks specifically and kind of get your thoughts on it yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna sit here and swoon while you talk is basically <laughs> what's gonna happen <laughs> well i'm gonna stumble over all my words because i'm getting really nervous um, <laughs> So uh, we do have a, a few audience submissions. Um, yes. Let's start with Sammy. Sammy has probably one of the better submissions this week. Um, yeah. And she's been someone that uh, has been rotated in as 
maybe our, our fifth audience yeah, or an our, official our fifth member an official fifth member potentially so um yeah let me she posted on the discord bless her heart um i asked i made her basically <laughs> so i was like we got to get this discord legitimate um but so sammy uh picked oasis live forever and she really agonized over this pick um and had some really cool notes about it so i'll go ahead and read that now um oasis is one of those bands that i feel everyone will know a song from them even if they aren't aware of it at the time there's so many solid songs that for me personally bring back drunken memories of being out uh jesus christ uh of belting out catchy lyrics, sorry, mimicking vocals and getting friends to join in. After much internal debate, I chose Live Forever. I found it fitting for the theme of this week's playlist. Uh, even after these bands break up, a member passes on, etc. Us, the fans, are left with the gift of their music. The music lives on forever. I think that's a pretty cool sentiment. Oh, yeah. And, and Oasis is one of those bands that you either know too much about the stuff surrounding them or you know too little about their music uh everyone knows wonderwall and then Mm -hmm. everyone knows like the the gallagher brothers not getting along yeah but they i mean they have a couple i mean two really good albums yeah this is an amazing pick like i i'm I'm pissed i didn't think about it first um because i mean when they first came out they were uh they were like people were like these are the second coming of the Beatles. I mean, they sounded it's kind of similar, and they were making the same kind of music, and they were they just fucking exploded out of nowhere. Um, but then the Gallagher's fucking hated each other and couldn't stay together. But the music they did make was was is fucking great. Um, as I was listening to it, this uh, you know trying to help her pick a song, um, I was like, yeah, fucking Oasis is good. Like I forget because I, I forget because I don't listen to them all that often anymore. Um, but there's some really good shit in there. Champagne Supernova might be one of my top 100 songs of all time. Yeah, I mean, Don't Look Back in Anger is a, is a top five drunk song for me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, great pick, Sammy. I'm pissed I didn't think of it first. Um, yeah, great fucking pick. Yeah. Uh, Louis, Louis Kern, our honorary mm-hmm. third member, says Enemy and Me <laughs> by Veins of Jenna. Uh, he sent an email titled Brightest Flame and All That Junk. Another killer topic in the books, gents, and one I've been hoping for. It sucks when a band ends just when they were starting to feel, starting to get good, almost as much as when they were overstating their welcome. That is so true. And that's something we haven't mentioned yet. Um, my pick for this week may be familiar to fans of Viva La Bam. It's Veins of Geno with Enemy and Me. This is from their second album, The Art of Telling Lies, from 2009. The band started as sleazy Swedish rockers, where they were picked up by a BAM and gained decent little following. This album was much improved over the first, with solid song structure while maintaining a great rock and roll feel, including a rocking cover of Refugee. Sadly, the singer Lizzie left shortly after its release, and the band put out one more EP with a new singer re-recording some of the previous record songs, before fading into obscurity in 2012. Pour one out for the bands that didn't make it. Louis Kern. <coughs> yeah, it's, that's a, that's Louis's emails usually aren't that analytical. So I, I, I could tell he was really, cause he had his pick on deck ready to go. Um, so he was, he's been waiting for this topic, I think for a while. Um, so yeah, a lot, I, I forgot to listen to 
because <laughs> I'm an idiot. I, I told I told Dill I didn't even think about my songs until Wednesday. So, um, yeah, I was I was a space cadet this week. We're getting Kevin's best work this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, th- I really liked this pick. It reminded me of it reminded me a lot of uh, CKY. This mm-hmm. is this is more my speed than than CKY ever has been. And it's kind of cool to know that, you know, Bam Margera had a record label. He started this record label for this band, basically. He heard them and he was like, I want more of this and I'm going to put a, I'm going to build a record label and I want you guys to be the first band on it. And it's kind of crazy to remember Bam being that, you know, that passionate and like, you know, just the early 2000s was a wild time obviously mm-hmm. and and bam kind of owned that time so i i don't know i i listened to it and i was like before i knew anything about it i was like this seems so familiar and anyone that viva la bam used to play like ridiculousness on tv so anyone that watched yeah. any kind of mtv remembers uh the music from viva la bam yeah it was viva la bam and robin big two of my favorite shows <laughs> ever i love both of those shows yeah um R.I.P. Big Black. Rest in peace, my guy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I wish I had listened to it so I could say more. Sorry, Lou. I'll listen to it after the show, and I'll I'll, I'll let you know what I think. Um, so next is Ben, uh, the honorary fourth member. Uh, we had Ben came down here last weekend after we recorded, and we went out and had a good little night and talked to the most random person of all time. Oh, shout out to DJ Doug. Um, I didn't believe a word that came out of his mouth in two hours, but he was an interesting dude. Um, anyway, just that anecdote aside, uh, Ben's email this week is RIP system of a down. Uh, so obviously he's talking about system of a down. Uh, I've written in before talking how much a whirlwind so ad was, and I think they're perfect for this playlist. My pick kill rock and roll from their last album hypnotize my, Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't read. My pick is. Kill Rock and Roll from their last album, Hypnotize. There we go. That's better. That's a better read there. Uh, while technically active a few years before their first album in 98 and a few years after Hypnotize in 05, they only released those those Jesus, they only released those albums. A seven-year career that took the airwaves by storm with their off-the-wall metal that is political dissonant edge. Uh, their quote-unquote hiatus has always felt more permanent than they let on. And it really sounds like Darren and Serge just can't work together anymore. It's a damn shame, too, because their fleeting magic was quite the sound to behold. Even helped open my naive naive teen eyes to views outside my own and those of my conservative little town. Why do they always send the poor? Benji, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, System of a Down is a great pick. I'm very um, hit or miss on System of a Down. I have to. You have to be in a mood for System of a Down. If they come on shuffle, you may or may not love or hate it. Yeah, I mean, I love System of a Down. They were one of my top five favorite bands growing up in high school. I mean, when Memorize and Hypnotize came out, their double album, I was like, "This is came out my senior year of high school." So I was fucking blaring that shit. I, I thought I was the coolest kid in school because I think I may have told this story already, but. Um, I would, I would, first of all, I had late arrival, so I would always park in the teacher's lot because fuck them teachers. 
And when I left, I would blare violent pornography as loud as I could with my fucking windows rolled down because, you know, that's what cool high school kids do. Um, But yeah, no, System of a Down, I agree with Ben. I, I, I wish they would have made maybe one more album, but I think that double album was a good one to go out on as well. Plus, I really like Serge's solo stuff, too. Um, but when I listened back to those, I was like, man, they really were at the fucking top of their game. And um, so maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe they, maybe it's good they never had like a a truly down album. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, I get it because I, I, I was a System of a Down super fan for a long time. They were just really cool. And I don't think we'll ever hear anything quite like it again. Yeah, they definitely had their own style and no one no one can recreate that. No. Yeah, thanks to everyone that uh submitted audience submissions. Obviously it's it's our uh our our tight knit circle that keeps us uh but they also make really good contributions to the playlist that you're like, damn, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine this playlist without this song. So we really do appreciate everyone uh that contributed. You wanna Yeah, you wanna, and I'll, I'll, I'll I'll do better reading notes next week. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll pre-read some emails. I'm not coming in cold. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I think that's what you're about to ask me. Yeah, I, I was going to start. Just okay, for yeah, the, please. the sake of uh, the notes. <clears throat> yeah, please. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. We, we should don't even have to ask that anymore. Whoever's name is first is who goes first. Uh, so my, my first pick for Bands That Broke Up Too Soon is Tear Me Apart by Capsize. Um, this is one of the few bands that I discovered after they broke up, um, and I'm not really going to discuss why. I, I think you can do a quick Google search and find out why, um, but it's still a shame because they have a really cool sound, and it reminds me of like old Under Oath, um, and the vocal delivery is very similar to the used, and instrumentally, they kind of sound like modern metal uh, that I really enjoy, like While She Sleeps. So it's just kind of like a, a conglomeration of music that I would have really gotten into at, at that moment. So hearing it and knowing they're already broken up was kind of a bummer. But um, it reminds me, Tommy really wants to talk about Under Oath. Did I tell you that already? No, I mean, I read it in your notes. I wasn't aware. So I'm sure we'll have Tommy on to do an Under Oath album at some point. He texted me and was like, we, me and you should make Kevin listen to this. And it's the, <laughs> <laughs> they're only chasing safety. Um and I was like, oh, yes, I love it. Tommy is so I love inspired. That, I love that you guys, one, not only fantasize about me, but two, like, think you're, like, going to play a big joke on me by listening to, like, decent music. It's like... <laughs> I, I think it's more of, like, a, we grew up with this and now we want to show you. And he's the same yeah. as me as, like, really nervous to get your opinion sometimes. <laughs> like, what are you going to think? And you always have a good poker face. You never really reveal it. So, yeah. Um, Back to the song. All in all, it's yes. been really fun to redis- or not rediscover, but to discover Capsize for the first time. And um, it's always a bummer to know that like the music you're hearing is all you're going to get. Um, yeah. And it felt like they had a lot of creativity left to explore, especially the last album. It was really dynamic. And um, it's probably not how they wanted to leave it, but you know, circumstances happen and it's better just to end it than it is to like overstay your welcome. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's not creatively, if it's, you know, your relationship with the public, there's, there's 
more than one reason to shut down a band. And I think they made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll do a quick Google search afterwards as well. So, uh, cause I'm curious now. Um, I, I, I mean, I could probably hazard a guess um, just based on the, the, the ways a lot of the bands that you like end up breaking up. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I, when I first listened to this, like I, the opening Im- immediately caught my ear. I mean, you know, I love guitar noodling and that's essentially what this this is but it's also really atmospheric and i don't know it just it set up like a really cool vibe for this song uh and it it kind of took me on a wild ride too because there's like some decent metal chugs especially in the chorus but then in the 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 verses they do more of like a punk punk ish speed and so it's kind of like that whiplash that i really like as long as it works well um and these two things are compatible especially in this song and the way they constructed this song. Um, and then all of a sudden after that second chorus, it just turns into like just fucking screams. And I'm like, what the fuck dude? Uh, I like, I, I was like really digging it and it's all over the place in just the best ways. It's a little bit of metal. It's a little bit of punk and it's just, it was a cool kind of vibe to it. And the, again, production quality chest kisses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think this is from 2018. I think that's around the time they broke up. So, and I yeah. think this is from one of their last albums. So, yeah, felt like they were finally, and and I say finally, like I was waiting around for it, but uh, they were hitting their stride. Yeah, well, it can feel like that even if you discover a band late. So mm-hmm. it's fun to kind of see a band's evolution. So, um, yeah, ready to move on. Mm-hmm. All right, now we get into my list, which is just songs i've already talked about before on the show <laughs> um but so this is a callback to our very first episode and um I, but like i said i was struggling trying to think of bands that really that i didn't get enough music from and then like after i listened to our last week's episode it rolled back over to our first episode and i was like oh fuck i, I haven't listened to jeff buckley in a while and then i turned it on and the first song is mojo pin which is my pick this week and I'm like, God damn it, dude. This album is so fucking good. I mean, there's a reason I picked it for our first ever episode. Uh, I still think he's criminally under listened to. And just you get everything that is great about Jeff Buckley in this one song. It's like a perfect uh, little nugget of what makes this album one of my favorites of all time. Uh, it's And it's my only pick that br- stopped making music because of the death of a member. I could have done a lot of bands like that. Uh Jeff Buckley, unfortunately, had a tragic accident. He got swept up in a river, and they found his body a couple days later. Um, He wasn't, like, high on anything. It was just an unfortunate accident, which really, really sucks. Uh, But, yeah, no, like, I often wonder, like, what would the music landscape of the 90s would have looked like if somebody as unique and talented as Jeff Buckley had stuck around? Like, would bands like Pearl Jam or other bands that got really popular in the mid nineties, would they have been as popular because like the music he was making was so different and unique. It was still very nineties, but I talked about it on our first episode. Like if you told me this album was released yesterday with like, and you put some modern production value on it, I would believe you. I mean, it was so far ahead of its time as far as like musical structure and you know, just everything. But uh, anyway, back to this song specifically, uh, it's, it's the song I show people to get them into Jeff Buckley. 
it's beautiful it's very slow and kind of melodic but you can tell the way he's singing he's like very tortured this is a really sad album about like it's a bunch of sad love songs essentially or like just being angry at the world you know 90s shit but the way he sings it to begin with you can kind of feel the tension building until it fucking explodes at the end of the song um it's almost schizophrenic in a way uh and but yeah that ending comes out of nowhere and like that last part where he just screams black beauty it's it's just fuck dude it gets me fucking my blood boiling every time i hear it i was like god damn this guy is passionate about what he's doing and what he's saying and like we always say passion comes through and that's what this entire album is it's a passion project and fucking bullshit we only got one album before you know he was taken away Mm -hmm. yeah listening to to jeff buckley especially after it being our our first episode is like visiting an old friend and i actually had taken a drive not that long ago maybe a few weeks ago and i was listening back to that album and i think i sent you something about it was like this is like music almost exclusively made for like driving at night and it's just like I don't know when you're driving it almost feels like you need that sound of like um like wind in the background or something and um yeah it's it's what made us use the word ethereal for the first time of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we end up using it every episode for the next 100 episodes um but this is probably the most true of the ethereal feel that he just like evokes like emotion more than I think most indie rock artists from the 90s and that's that's understated because you can you can manufacture that feeling somehow but this felt like you were there because he was there not not because he was trying to make you get there you know what i mean yeah um and there's nothing quite like jeff buckley even listening to indie rock artists all day every day you could listen to any kind of music there's nothing quite like this and it's hard to even kind of articulate that um, and if I'll put the, the episode notes or the, the link to our very first episode, if you guys want to go back and listen to our thoughts on the whole album, but, um, there is something cool about this one album being cemented in time and being looked yeah. at as like the gold standard. I mean, I think we even talked like this is fucking Brad Pitt's favorite album of all time. It's yeah. just wild, 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 wild things about Jeff Buckley and he's, him and Christopher Lee are two of the most interesting people I think we've ever discussed. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a we talked about it in that episode too. I call him a musician's musician. Like people who make music know about Jeff Buckley, but I don't think anybody outside of that really. I mean, there obviously he does. He's he's incredibly popular, but I think he's still criminally underlistened to uh, from people who don't like make music a passion of theirs, you know, like people like you and I, where it's like, it's all we think about all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I just, I want the world to hear that album because it really is. I feel like it's extremely important. And I, I think you're right too, about it being cemented in time. It makes it that much more special. I mean, I, I wish it wasn't, but I don't know. It kind of builds the legend of Jeff Buckley a little bit more. Right. Like what would the legacy be if he made, 13 albums and he's you know an iconic rock star right um i will say one no go ahead sorry no go ahead and finish your thought oh i was just saying you know compared to 
the one album in like passing tragically compared to 13 albums and living to your 70 and everyone gets a, a fair listen. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, to your point about like not being able to really articulate it, there's a video of him performing Mojo pin live in Chicago. And I think seeing him visually play this and play it live and make it sound like almost album quality is crazy. You can see how great of a guitarist he is, how passionate of a vocalist he is. Um, so I would highly suggest anybody, if you're interested, to go watch that video. It'll sell, it'll sell you 100% on Jeff Buckley. Yes, send me that link, and I'll, I'll add it to our, our show notes as well. Um, for my second pick, Teleport by Man Overboard. And I think it's been intentional that it's been this long since... or It's been this long me like dreading talking about man overboard because i don't want to fuck it up you know they they are the reason i'm still into pop punk pop punk was huge you know in the early 2000s and then it had this uh revival in 2010 2011 right as i was graduating high school and going into college and man overboard changed the way i listened to pop punk and um it was just fucking awesome to be 18 or 19 and like have some freedom and driving around and this album came out in like september of 2011 so right as i was starting uh college and there was just no bigger band leading this like defend pop punk revival um because man overboard was like they never took themselves too seriously they were like they knew they were like dorky guys one of the singers is a short little Italian guy. The other guy is a tall guy with a big nose who kind of sounds nasally. And it's like, they're just so lovable. They were never like, oh, we're fucking pop punk. You know, they're, they were never haughty. They were never anything more than just like man overboard. You go see them live and they were the fucking best show because they were electric. They just had a way with the audience. They just, I, they're probably going to go down as one of my top five favorite bands of all time, just based on performance and just based on, you know, staying in their lane. Um, and this song, I think, kind of um, shows why Man Overboard was so great. Uh, they have crunchy guitars. Um, they were really into metal. So, you know, their guitars almost mimicked hard rock and metal. Um, they have awesome drums. Uh there's like a call and response that Zach and Nick, Zach's the taller guy and Nick's the shorter guy. And they have very similar vocals, but they have a really good call and response where they're not like, they don't hang on to a note too long. The other one just comes in and like finishes or, you know, it was just really cool. And they always use gang vocals, which was like, love it. And then they do a lot of woe-oh's. And I think it's just kind of taking influence from Blink-182 without being derivative and just like kind of expanding on that. Like, what did we like about Blink-182? They didn't o they didn't overthink it. They always did something um, kind of nursery rhyme simple, but still made it fun and like sing along. And, you know, there there's so much to love about Man Overboard. And I'm sorry I just gushed for like five minutes, but <laughs> it won't be the last time we talk about Man Overboard. Um, and they also gave us one of the more iconic emo lines I wonder if you'll remember me when I fuck this up and you're not around. Yeah, I mean that's that's emo to its core, isn't it? Yeah, it's just completely self-deprecating. Like, 
I'm I'm a loser in love, all that shit, man. Um, and I'm starting to really appreciate it now. Like back when I when it was coming out, I was like, this is fucking fucking ten ply soft shit. Like I don't want to listen to this, but it's like I can look at it now and see it for kind of how it's like it's got this cheesy charm to it to me almost. Um, unlike Nickelback, who has no charm. Um, their cheese is just cheese. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, into the song here. <clears throat> This um, my my first note was this is the pop punk vocal MGK wishes he had, because it's the it's the iconic sound when you think of pop punk. This is the vocal noise that you think of, and I immediately put a smile on my face because I also had like a I mean we've talked about it before. I didn't get to stay in it as long as you did, but I had a pretty big punk phase um, when I was in high school and like middle school, um, and this brought me right back to that time. And it was so it was cool to know that they weren't from my generation of punk um but it gave me that same kind of nostalgia hit in my veins and yeah i mean i wasn't i was an adult at the time you know i was was working full time and so it was cool to know that there was still that kind of shit that makes me feel like a 17 year old playing tony hawk again that was out at that time and i don't know it it just has everything a little turdy punk teenager needs it's got the the fast pace, the, the, you know, the silliness, uh, but also like just fun. It's, it's just a fun track. And I think that's why it made me smile almost right away is because it's like, Oh hell yeah. This reminds me of like a cool time in my life. And I don't know. It's, there's just something cool about that. Like not everything has to be fucking astronomically good, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make you, to be one of your favorite songs or favorite bands of all time. As long as they, they make you feel good. That's all that really matters. Yeah, and I think that was their appeal was like they were so approachable. Like even when you mm-hmm. went and saw them at a show, you're like, "Hey, man, I love your music." They're like, "Dude, thank you, thank you." You want to get a selfie? And you're like, oh, "Dude, what?" Like this would not happen <laughs> with any other big punk band, but they were so humble and they were so great. And yeah. um, I think it kind of shows in their music too. Was like they were never. I, sometimes I think, especially the emo world, it's like self deprecating in like a a self-harm way but they were more of like a self-deprecating in like a i know i'm a dork but i still like (laughs) you i still like you anyway girl and i'm gonna put myself out there even if it makes me look stupid so um i don't know i there's so much i can say about man overboard but i'll save it for another day yeah and just one quick note before we move on like you talking about them being approachable and like that whole like little anecdote you gave, it really reminded me of like our interview with Harbor and how they're just super cool dudes. Um, and, you know, both Ryan's were just super cool. I mean, they invited us over to hot tub and drink with them <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, we need to come back on like every six months. It was just like, they don't have to be that cool, um, but they are. And so having a band like that, just and knowing that they're like just normal, regular dudes like that made it. It just made me like I love those dudes forever now. Like, yeah, <laughs> because they were just super cool, and I can't wait to have them back on. I think they're due in like three or four weeks to come back <laughs> on. So, um, yeah, I right, I've right at their height. Um, they hardly ever tweeted, but I I tweeted something one time when I was like nineteen. I was like, uh, driving forty five minutes to go see my girlfriend at college, um. And the only thing that's getting me through is listening to Man Overboard. And all they said was, that's what's up. 
and I was like, screenshot. <laughs> I, yeah. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And yeah, they, so they don't funny. have to do that. And they just made me feel like I was a part of their world. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. I think that shit's cool, man. I love I love cool artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's move on to uh, my second pick here, which is Mojo featuring Razel and Dan the Automator by Peeping Tom. And again, this is another song I've talked about somewhere um on in our library it was probably on a playlist um i don't remember which one but i love this song and i love this this side project of mike Patton. um for those of you that aren't aware i have a huge man boner for mike Patton and faith no more and mr bungle and all the fucking weird shit that he does um but yeah this is this of all of his millions of side projects peeping tom was the best by miles uh it's it's just super well produced it's every track has a featured artist it kind of felt like he was just like i like all of these artists and so i'm gonna do a an album recording songs in their style with my twist and i always think shit like that is really cool because you can only do that when you're incredibly well respected in the music industry um and it's so and mike Patton is i mean he people know him and and love him or hate him you know that he's a creative guy and so people want to work with them uh but yeah no this is uh it's got like a dirty sleazy charm to it like it feels grimy this song but it's still got a really nice like production value to it uh Razel doing the beatboxing underneath for the for the beat in the bed um gives it like a cool underground feel to it and um it almost feels like when Mike Patton comes in with his vocals um it's like a Rob Zombie character singing to you. Like I could see, like it feels like this is this would fit right in, and like I don't know, House of a Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects. Like this, I don't know. I mean, I might, might I might even be in one of those movies because um, it feels very much like that cool creepiness to it. Um, I don't know, uh, and I, this is the point in my notes where I realized I had used it before. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck it, dude. I like it. I'm a Mike Patton fa- fanboy." Uh, yeah, that's it. I just, I really, really dig this song. It's got a cool vibe to it. Mike Patton is really good at making like a cool smoke lounge vibe. And this is, this is that to a T. Yeah. I remember the last song on the <clears throat> Faith No More album. He did that. Mm-hmm. It was a, like a piano driven song. But, um, yeah, if it's one thing I've learned over the years, it's that, um, discussing music with the Carter brothers almost daily. Uh, it's that these boys are loyal to Mike Patton and yes. they will follow him to the depths of the earth. And <laughs> this song almost has like a corn simple Tura kind of feel to it yeah, where it's like sure. creepy and it's almost like someone's singing it in the closet while they're watching you get undressed kind of feel. Yeah. And um, I don't know, it felt very creepy and it's hard to do that without like being outwardly like, grotesque but just having that kind of vocal delivery and that kind of music evoke that kind of emotion is really cool um but yeah i don't know if the world needs any more music from mike Patton, but it's always cool to get a (laughs) a side project that's a weird expression um that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do with your main band so i love side projects and um i kind of wish i would have done more side projects in my picks so i'm glad you picked one Mine are almost exclusively side projects, really. I mean, at least two of them are. So, mm-hmm. um, so my third pick, <clears throat> Loom by Mooseblood. 
Uh, this is another band that disbanded quickly after uh, allegations. And Mooseblood kind of had their own little corner of the emo world. Uh, it's not quite pop punk. It's not quite indie. It's just it's just Mooseblood. And I think I equated Jail Socks very similar to, to Mooseblood. Um, but I think even Jail Socks is a little more guitar-driven, a little more pop punk. Um, but Mooseblood never really tried hard, and or not tried too hard. And I always enjoyed it. It kind of felt like they were cool. You know, they knew exactly what they needed to do for a song to, to work. And they didn't try to overproduce it. They didn't try to um, add too much. There was not a lot of, like, rising action or anything. Um, and it kind of rocks and calms me in a way I really can't explain. Um, and few bands have really been able to do that. Of being able to recreate the feeling of like campfires and night drives and like being a band that is specifically a mood for a time, you know, like I put on moose blood when I'm ready to go on like a night drive. I got the dogs in the car and, you know, you got like a fucking cold brew and you're just wanting to listen to music. And I have a playlist just called moose blood with all their music on it. And I, it's almost a no skip listening to their entire discography for like a night drive like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, my first note was this is starting to feel like I wish my bands weren't sexual predators playlist for Dylan. <laughs> yeah, it, it could definitely yeah. be interpreted as that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, get it out, man. This is, this is your time. You talk about all these bands you feel uncomfortable talking about now. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I was reading your notes and I, I totally get that too. Like it, it, Again, I looked at you. You always do your notes before me, so like it's hard for me not to look at them. And it kind of took over my brain for this song. Where, yeah, this is a hundred percent feels like an MTV show, like from the two thousands. Like it, it's just it plays over a montage of you know California teens being a lot cooler than me, like going to campfires on the beach and you know like actually getting laid in high school. Like, <laughs> like that. That's what this remind. That's the vibe this song gives me. The like, this hills played- wish they could play music. They, yeah. they were like, if we could go back in time, we'd we'd make sure Moose Blood got on our playlist. Yeah, throw this over like a montage in the OC, and you're you're go, you're golden, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 it is. It's just a cool vibe, but it's not really trying to be either. You know, it's not trying too hard to be, I should say. And it it really, I couldn't get the OC out of my head. Just a bunch of far too attractive teenagers doing cool California teenager shit, and. I, I can't think of a better way to describe how this made me feel because again, you know, your notes are very, uh, are really good on a lot of your, your stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, you know what? He's right. I'm going to just, I'm just going to build off that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I loved it, dude. Yeah. Moose blood is, is one that I I don't know where we would ever find another occasion to really talk about him besides maybe like a yeah. campfire playlist. So I thought it they were Ooh, that's a good of, idea like a campfire playlist yeah hell yeah yeah but um i don't know like by the by the time i i heard a couple of the singles for a while and i was like i don't know i don't know and then i finally got into like their last album and i listened to it and i was like front to back this is awesome now i'm gonna go back and listen and around that time they broke up and i was like damn like i wish i would have had more time with them i wish i would have like invested in time when they were putting out good music so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was like damn i got in too late you know yeah yeah um 
that sucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so moving on to my third pick uh, is AT Aliens by Outcast. And Outcast may seem like an odd pick uh, because they were they had some some albums before they really blew up. But when they did blow up, it was a true flight of Icarus. Like they were on the scene for and in a blaze of glory for two albums. And then they broke up, and we haven't seen anything from Outcast since. I mean, Three Sacks and Big Boy have done stuff on their own, but there was just this certain magic to Outcast and the way they flowed together. And that's why I picked uh, AT Aliens from one of their older older albums, just because this whole entire song is just solid from front to back. There's nothing like. Three Stacks is my favorite rapper of all time. I mean, Andre 3000 is just, he's just the best. He has everything. He's got flow. He's got lyrics. Uh, he's just, he's just chef's kisses. Like, and he's super creative and weird and he's just smooth. I don't know. It's, and then Big Boy too. Like, he brought like a certain gravity to uh, Three Stacks. His, his, the way he was really out there, Big Boy brought it back to earth and they just had a really cool dynamic together. And like it, it's it sucks because I wish they would have brought brought out more music because they kind of paved the way for people like Tyler the Creator and Childish Gambino to kind of do different stuff, uh, more weird kind of nerdcore stuff. And I don't know, man. It's just it sucks for me going back and listening to Outcast and listening to how really fucking great they were because they were like an R and B, almost like more R and B than they were hip hop, but it was just like hip-hop over r&b and uh and just mixing a whole bunch of different styles soul r&b um a little bit of disco uh funk it's just they took they were a hip-hop band that did every genre and i i just i miss that in the world of hip-hop i mean we're getting some of it back i think hip-hop's on the rise again with some really creative shit going on uh but i just miss outcast i miss three stacks yeah. and i miss songs that sound like AT aliens. Yeah, I I thought this was a really out of the box and and really cool pick because there are so many hip hop artists that we probably could have picked, but this was the the perfect analogy of like they did it and they were done with it and you're like, but I kind of want more, you know, like I think what we're getting at is you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And yep. if you get out to if you get out on time or too early, we're gonna want more. And that's always the way to go. But you could be like Eminem and like outlive your legacy and kind of tarnish your legacy in a way. Um yeah. but yeah, I, I thought Outcast was a, a perfect pick because this song is weird and outcast just had like two great personalities. Like I loved big boy. I love Andre individually and they get a lot of love on this podcast, but they're so damn talented and to come together and like just compliment each other perfectly. And then just like, all right, we're done. You know, like yeah. that that's to have the willpower to just be done is, is so impressive yeah. when I'm sure there was pressure to make more. Oh yeah, had to have been. I mean, they were their biggest thing in the world for a while, man. I mean, that fucking Stankonia album was fucking massive. Hey, I mean, yeah. I don't. Hey, yeah, it's yeah. probably one of the 
most listened to songs of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's just they're synonymous with hip hop. I mean, they were the biggest thing in hip hop for the longest time. I mean, just think about what they put out, like Rosa Parks, like Bombs Over Baghdad, uh, Hey Ya, just a hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. And they were legitimate in both the radio side of things and like the actual like hip hop side of things. Like they're re- well respected in both worlds. And that's almost impossible to do, especially at that time when we we're just coming out of like the gangster rap in the 90s and like kind of transitioning into like like the crunk shit that was going on um they they found that perfect medium and i think a lot of southern rappers did that too like Ludacris and nappy roots come to mind where they were just this cool little pocket of it was still felt fresh and raw and um outcast is by far and away the best thing to come out of the south in hip-hop and uh I don't know. And yeah, going back to the track too, like this beat is fucking dope as shit too. It's weird and kind of off kilter, but it's just, you can't help but like it. Like from, from second one, it's just really cool. They just had a way of making something really weird feel accessible. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my fourth pick, Living Saints by Polar Bear Club. Um, Polar Bear Club was almost like a fever dream. They... I think they started a little bit earlier than like the the pop punk revival in 2011, but they kind of fizzled out around the time it felt like that was getting started. Um, so it was kind of a bummer. Like, what happened to Polar Bear Club, dude? Um, his voice um, reminds me of how Kevin describes Motorhead's uh, vocalist Lemmy from last week. It's just like unfiltered Siggies, but instead <laughs> of instead of like the um, the the motorcyclist outfit he's wearing like a jean jacket and black skinny jeans and he's outside the venue like smoking ciggies before a show um and polar bear club was always a cool band to me um that i loved seeing like at warp tour or opening for other bands that i really liked um and they just felt different they were energetic and they were i I think i was just a little too young for them like they were a little too rock and roll for me when I was looking for more pop punk stuff. And so afterwards when they were over, it was like, I was going back and listening like, damn, I really didn't, I should have appreciated this more. I should have been going to watch them instead of waiting for their set to be over for other bands. Um, yep. But you know, um, right when I was ready for them uh, to have like a big bake breakthrough, they broke up and that was kind of a bummer. Uh, the lead singer still has a, a, is still making music. I think a lot of the guys in the band are. And um, I thought it was just worth mentioning that uh, Polar Bear Club lead singer has a new project called Shy Tooth. And he released an album last year and I listened to it and it's, he's lost a lot of that gravel. It's a lot like, ah, uh, it's a lot stinks. smoother, but I think it sounds really good for the music he's making. It's a lot of indie. Um, it's a lot softer than Polar Bear Club, but I was listening to it last night Um and I was like, man, this is way better than I was expecting. You know, you expect just a, a solo project afterwards to be kind of like a, you know, it's not Polar Bear Club, but it was it was yeah. something completely different. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Fuck yes. Graveled vocals are just, they're just better for punk punk rock. They're just better. You should sound pissed in punk rock. You're a punk. You're, you're not happy. You're not making this music because you're, 
you like your lot in life and you think the world is good. You're making it because you hate the world and you hate yourself. That's why you make punk music and your vocalist should sound that way. And uh, it's this is my favorite of your picks by a fucking mile, dude. I love this song. Uh, it's it's not just like a fast punk like r- hard rock song. It, there's there's so many different layers to this track that if you're not listening to it, you may miss. But you're like you may miss because you won't like be actively listening for them. But you're still gonna hear them and you're still gonna feel the depth in the track. It just made it super interesting, you know. And you can enjoy it on both levels. You can enjoy it as just like a super fast like hard rock punk track, or you can enjoy it. As, as a critical listener as well, because there's a lot of little nuggets in the production and the way that this song is constructed that make it super enjoyable to listen to and to listen to critically. Um, I fucking, I couldn't stop listening to this track. It's, it's, it was so, so dope. I write it right up my alley, man. That's awesome. I, I, they are mostly forgotten from that like time because people remember man overboard. They remember transit and a lot of the really big bands of that time. But this is one of those bands that like 10 years from now, I can't wait to show someone and be like, you remember the pop punk revival everyone talks about? Uh, I saw this band live and, and no one give a fuck, but they were cool <laughs> yeah. as shit. Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't like we talked about before. There's something cool about that, man. It's just, I know something you don't know. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Get out of here, kid. Yeah. And I, <laughs> that's why I, I had a few picks last week that I was like, I think Eddie, would love that feeling of like, yeah. oh, you love metal? Well, do you know Whiplash? And like, because I love that feeling personally. Yeah, it's not even it's superiority. It's more of like, a, I want to feel. This is music that makes you want to feel different. So why wouldn't you want to be the most different? Like, find yeah. something as super obscure as you can. Yeah, I mean, it's just cool introducing people to music, and if they like it, that's mm-hmm. even better. You know, it's like fuck yeah. Like I do have good musical taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, we'll move on to something completely different um, for my fourth pick. It's Nights by Panty Raid. Um, again, we've talked about this song probably 17 times. Um, and I think it's because I personally love Panty Raid. It's because I discovered them on by complete accident one day. Um, their track Testarossa came on and it fucking blew my mind. I was really into EDM heavy at the time and it was unlike anything I'd ever heard before in that world. And it makes me mad that it's just two guys that like met through mutual friends. I think their wives were friends. And so they ended up meeting up, but they were both DJs. And so I guess they were running in similar circles anyway. And they're like, Hey, let's just do some weird shit together and like play once a month at a club and just never tour. (laughs) And they, they, so that's what that's, I mean, that happens a lot in the EDM world where it's like, I mean, Swedish House Mafia is a perfect example of that. It's three big DJs. They made like one album, two, maybe two. Um, and it would fucking took the world by storm. They're like, nope, we're not doing this anymore. Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, Panty Raid never toured. And it's a shame because what they did was super unique. Even And it's, it's hard to do in the EDM world. I would kind of, I would describe them as like, uh, dub chill wave. Yeah, I can. I can so it, yeah, it's like super, super chill. All of their stuff is like in this cool little like uh, cool pocket, but it's also got super fucking heavy bits that'll fucking rattle your doors down. 
but that still feel like cool and chill. Uh, it's they it's almost vapor wavy in a way. This the kind of the, the the tone you get from it, but there's this just this super heavy bass underneath everything, especially when the beat drops in this song particularly. It's just I don't know. It, it it's it's something I always go to when I need to get pumped up for a night out because it's like it's not it's not like we're not going to take it where it's like an anthem. This is like, I'm getting, I'm driving by myself to a venue or to a, to my buddy's house. And I want to just chill out, but also get pumped up at the same time. Uh, and just get ready to fucking take shots to the face. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I love panty raid. They're just so, so fucking unique and within their little sub genre of the world. Hell yeah. And they're done making music. I don't know. They, they they just all of a sudden one day they'll decide like, okay, we're releasing a few songs. It's it's how they've always done it. It's 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 so strange. It's like whenever they have free time and they want to do something creative, mm-hmm. they'll meet up and they'll drop an EP or something. And then yeah, I mean the album that this came out on just came out of nowhere. I was like, oh shit, there's new Penny Raid out. Like fuck yes, I can't fucking wait to listen to this. Um, they just yeah, I mean that's the nature of their side project. They're just buddies who like, eh, let's you want to make some music today? Like sure yeah <laughs> it's all it. and it's always fucking great it 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 has to be the record for most time most song used on any of our playlists between you and uh ben i i don't know if ben used it but i know you've used it at least twice and i think ben's used it once um and i think it's it's because there's something unpredictable to, about the song even though you've even if you've heard it the time the timing's just slightly off and there's like a build up to a slow chorus that keeps building and you think there's going to be a big payoff and then there isn't, but that lack of payoff keeps building too. So like what you thought it was going to be in the beginning ends up being that at the end. It's a really cool track, man. And it makes you feel like you're in a nightclub somewhere in the UK and you're just yeah. like unfamiliar with anything. And of course, the music just makes you, you think you know where the music's going and you have no idea because you're already somewhere foreign. So the music might as well be foreign too. Mm-hmm. So I, it kind of reminded me of like Ted Lasso when they go out in the UK um, and like everyone's just kind of fish out of water. Yeah. Yeah. And like I talked about like the bassiness of it, but it's not like bass in the traditional sense where it's going to like, where I was talking about rattling doors. That's just because it's a touchstone to bass. This bass feels like it's quick and it's like a, like a laser, like a huge laser gun punching you in the gut. It's not like rattling your windows. It's just really, really quick, heavy punches of like this bassy noise. And I've never heard anything like it before. It just, I don't know. It's, and it's fucking cool, man. I don't know. I'm getting back into EDM, Dale. So, oh boy, fucking gird your, gird your loins, bud. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so my fifth track, "Summer Dust" by Transit. Um, Transit was another band in that pop punk revival. I think three of my five were just because it's not an an era I really talk about a whole bunch. Um, but the pop punk revival was enjoyed by so many because there were so many different bands and transit was one of those bands that every album and it was almost every year. I think they put out an album. Every album was completely different from the, the next sonically. It was almost like a completely new genre. They were trying, they went from straight up pop punk to, to indie rock 
to folk rock, and then what would be known as their final album, Joyride, from 2014. And I think what I enjoyed about Joyride so much was that it didn't seem like they were trying a new genre. It just felt like this was the music they were going to end up at all along. It's like the um, the end is inevitable, and this was Joyride was inevitable. And the song I picked uh, from Summer Dust, it could have been any of them because front to back, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. It came out. Um, I remember it specifically. It came out um, when I was working at Under Armour as an assistant store manager, and my store manager had just got married, and he was on a, a honeymoon. He was gone for like two weeks, so I was store manager for two weeks, and I hardly had any time to myself. But this album came out, and I just listened to it front to back all day, every day, on the way to work. It was playing in the back all day when I was at work, and then on my drive home, and it just like it had this re-listenable quality that I. I don't know of many other albums that can do that. It's just like, it's never annoying. It's every song has like a different kind of feel to it, but it's still kind of like that indie rock. I don't know. And it wasn't transit, but somehow it was. So mm-hmm. I, the sound really blew me away and no one's ever really captured that sound since then. Um, it was like they perfected their sound and what they wanted to make. And, uh, Around that time, there were like rumors of drama going on inside of Transit. That Transit, um, but this was the Transit that everyone wanted and needed, and it didn't seem forced. It was just them uh, manifested, and to this day, it's one of my favorite albums. And I miss Transit a lot, and it's kind of just a bummer that after they broke up and their guitarist kind of left amidst this album coming out, so there was a lot of drama going on, and the guitarist ended up dying. Uh, a few years later, which is kind of a shame. So it kind of solidified that Transit's done. And there was a really big show in uh, Boston where they're from, and I wanted to go to it because it was like the last ever Transit show. But um, I didn't go because I kind of thought, you know, a lot of those bands would be like, this is the last show ever. And then like two years later, they're like, guess what? We're back together and we're touring. So I was like, ah, you know, I'll catch them again on their we're back together tour. And right. Seeing them at Warped Tour was cool, and seeing them uh, live a few times playing with Man Overboard was cool, but I kind of wish I would have got to to say goodbye because Transit is a really big band of like my early 20s. Hell yeah. Well, I hope this, this next comment doesn't offend you. It's, I meant it in the best way possible, but my first note was what came first? Uh, Mumford & Sons or other indie bands abuse, absolutely abusing the kick drum? <laughs> <laughs> because i don't know that that to me that's the first time i heard it was in mumford and sons where the dude would just sit there and just and it's that that's the sound of mumford and sons essentially um and it, you get it in this track as well and i was just like oh okay <laughs> i wonder what came first was it was it a was it a mumford thing or was it an indie band thing um and i i'm tempted to think it was an indie band thing uh but either way it's um it sounds cool, and I, I I like that sound, and it immediately makes me happy because it is it's super simple. But to have just a kick drum that forward in your track, just keeping up super simple four four, just lends it this this air of um, honesty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just it feels it doesn't feel like it's coming from a place of we're trying to make money. This is coming from places where we're a cool band and we're going to make cool sounds. And 
I know this sounds like we, we're doing this because we think it sounds cool. And it does. It sounds awesome. It's funny. Uh, that's your perspective of the drummer, too, because he is such a great drummer. No, it, it's it was it was just the one part in the beginning of the song where I heard it. And that's why I took that note there. And that's not an indictment on the rest of the song. It was just, I thought it was funny. I was like, hmm, I wonder, because every band did this for a long time where they just had that super forward bass drum, keeping that simple 4-4. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what came first. I wonder who inspired who here. Uh, But yeah, no, this song, it's just a good, solid indie rock track, man. I really liked it. uh, It's it didn't like blow me out of the water, but I think what I noticed the most was like the very, very eighties style distortion on the guitars. And I love that shit. It was, it's, it was the classic example of taking something old and making it new again. And it, it helped it stand out against what they have a lyric on that album called we're making everything old feel new again. Yeah. See, that's fucking wild. They as they osmosis that into my brain. They did. Uh, I mean, it, it, that's perfect then because it, that really is what it sounded like. It it was like, you know, we we love this sound, so let's see if it works with a different type of music, and it, it really does. It helped them stand out to me from all of the other like, just kind of generic indie rock that I've heard over the years. And yeah, I call <laughs> I called it kick drum indie. <laughs> um but uh yeah no it's uh it was really cool like it's like i said it didn't like blow me out of the water but just hearing something that they were trying and it it made it stand like heads and head and shoulders above all the other stuff i i remember hearing from around that time yeah i i think i picked another transit song way back in the day it might have been around windows down but you weren't a huge fan of it, I think, because of the vocalist. But I think the vocalist kind of like tapered how he sang. He didn't try and mm-hmm. like, let loose as much. And I think controlling his voice a little bit better made this album even more accessible. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. My last pick, last pick of the show, Impeach God by Death Clock. And again, I, I'm sure I've talked about this song before. It's one of my favorite metal songs of the last 10 years, 10, 15 years um, from a fake metal band that doesn't really exist. But uh, they made, I mean, Brendan Small made fucking awesome fucking metal for his show on Adult Swim. And fuck Adult Swim while we're talking about it for killing Death Clock. Um, They own the rights to Metalocalypse and they won't give Brendan Small the rights to make the final season and give us the end we deserve to the best love song to all things metal that exists in the world like at its core metalocalypse makes fun of all things metal but it also is like everybody that loves metal loves that show because it's just the coolest love song to the fans to the bands to the culture and so that's why i had to put death clock on here because adult swim is keeping us from the final season and the final album that we deserve and every single album that they put out for the seasons got progressively massively better the death 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 album one i mean death album two is way better than death album one and death album three is way better than death album two and so i can, I can only imagine imagine what the death album four would have sounded like i mean we got the doomstar requiem which is which is great but it's not it's not 
the final piece of death clock that we deserve. Uh, so fuck you, Adult Swim. Let it, let us have the fifth season of Metalocalypse that we deserve. Um, but anyway, getting into this song, it's to me, I've talked about it before, but this is a perfect metal song to me. Uh, especially after, um, like at that 215 mark, everything just kind of snaps into place. Like from the vocals, the drums, the guitars, they are all just working in like this beautiful, beautiful harmony. Um, and it just blows my fucking dick off every single time I listen to it. Uh, it, it's especially after the solo too, like, fuck me, dude. Like the way Nathan explosion sings that goes with the guitars that goes with the drums. It's like this perfect staccato in your face, blow your face off metal. And it's incredible. I think this song may have been actually a shot at adult swim too. Cause it, the way it feels, it's like, I don't know. I was reading the lyrics this morning. I was like, I don't know if it is, but it certainly feels like it is. Mm. It's like, fuck you. Fuck you. We're going to impeach God and we're going to take it. We're going to take it back. And I don't know. It just, every time I I need a pick me up, I will listen to this song and especially the end of this song, because this is maybe my favorite outro in metal. um, Certainly in the last 15 years, it just fucking kicks ass dude and for a band that doesn't even really exist in the real world uh they it's just it's so fucking good uh and it makes me feel better knowing that impeach god exists plus the episode that this song is from is fucking hilarious they're like it's, uh, nathan becomes the governor of florida and it just it all goes to shit it's great <laughs> yeah i was so excited for death clock to be back um it was another artist I was really excited to rediscover because it's been so long. I mean, we did that in 2020, which is wild. Um, and this is way better than I remember Death Clock being. And maybe that's just because I haven't listened to him in a while. But these guitars are damn near perfect. And it's a reminder that Metalocalypse was supposed to be like a reminiscent of Metallica, where they're just super detached from reality. And mm-hmm. especially after watching that St. Anger um, documentary, it was like, this is very similar to Metalocalypse. Yeah. Um, and it was funny to watch Metalocalypse first and then that documentary because it was like <laughs> yeah. way more dramatized, but it was still super like, okay, these are so first world problems. Like no one else has yeah. these problems. Um, but yeah, the fact that they're so tightly connected to Metallica um yeah, James and Kirk do have recurring voices on the show. Yeah. So yeah, the Metallica boys love this this show. But I I, I honestly love Death Clock's vocals better. Um, yes. And they're way more metal. Like they're so good on this album. It's like Brennan finally decided how he wanted Nathan Explosion to sound, whereas before it was just like a true like death metal like. But now you can actually hear different tones in his voice, and mm-hmm. it just sounds so so much better. Yeah. It, the guitar soaring and then hitting that chug at the three minute mark is just what <sighs> made Death Clock legit, man. I knew that that chug. Me listening for chugs now makes me almost as excited as it is for you to hear them. I think because yeah. you're right; they they do add like a whole nother. It's almost like a breakdown before the breakdown. Yeah, I mean that that fucking that da 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 da. And the, the way the drums play off of that fucking oh good I'm getting goosebumps just fucking talking about it, dude. I love 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 this song so much. It's perfect metal, dude. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. 
It was a, a great last pick. You're finally Thanks. hitting your stride with your picks. <laughs> yeah. And then the playlist is over. <laughs> oh, fuck off, man. <laughs> uh, so let's. you want to get into songs of the show? Yes, let's. Um, you go first. I went first last week. Okay. Uh, my song of the show is Riptide by Beartooth. Um, I am... I'm... I'm very outwardly a huge Beartooth fan for many, many reasons. Um, but Beartooth has ter- turned a new leaf and has decided to, in his, in his real life, he has like gotten clean. He's not drinking and he's lost a ton of weight. He looks really great. Um, and in turn, I think he's also taken care of himself mentally. And it shows in this song because he talks in an interview I watched that um, he spent all these albums like being so outwardly sad and like being honest about his feelings. And I think he was kind of using that as a crutch. Like this is, I'm doing this because it makes great music, but also like he's tearing himself apart. And I've felt that way. And I think a lot of people do is like, you're stuck in this cycle and you know how to get out, but you just don't because you feel like you deserve to be in that cycle or whatever reason. And this song is fucking awesome because it's just like, I'm tired of romanticizing the riptides in my life. Like I'm going to choose to be happy. And that's a really hard, it's a, not a, a hard decision, but it's one that you have to stick to. Like if, if drinking makes you that sad and you know it, then stop doing it. You know, it's it's yeah, that yeah. simple. Um, and just like taking things out of your life that make you that miserable uh, can just change the way you look at life. And I feel like this year I've really hitting, I've really been hitting like a mark of like choosing to like keep things positive in my life, which is kind of been out of the norm for me because I had a really tough year last year. So this song has been like my anthem this past week. So I'm really excited about it. Riptide by Beartooth. Yeah, no, I listened to it uh, right before recorded, and I texted you. It's like, yeah, this song fucking rips, dude. It's just really good. Like sonically, it's it's a, it's a fucking awesome, awesome song, and uh, absolutely give it a listen, especially since it's important to my boy. <laughs> and it's lighter. Like it's the most it accessible is, is. Beartooth we've had so far. It is. Uh, so yeah, my pick is completely out of left field, and it's it comes from me just finally fighting, stopping fighting, liking an artist. And it's, uh, it's as it was by Harry Styles. Um, I think I've admitted before that I fell in love with watermelon sugar, but then I was like, you know what? Maybe that was, it was just a, it was just a fling. You know, I, 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 I don't know if I still like this dude, but everything he's done since then, not only with his music, but his just unabashedly being himself and turning into like this, just, he's like a modern day David Bowie, man. He really is. He's just got, he's got his own style. He's not afraid to be like unapologetically androgynous. And his music is actually really fucking good. Like I can't deny it. It's good. I mean, it's pop, sure, but it's really good pop and it's thoughtful pop. Uh, And I don't know, this song is all over the place right now. And so I figured it would be, you know, a good place to put it. And it fully admit that I like Harry Styles now. I spent this pretty much this safe, whole episode. It's a it's a safe space, Kev. You can you can yeah, like Harry th- Thank you, thank you. Uh, I just spent you know five minutes talking about fucking brutal metal, and now I'm admitting that I love Harry Styles. The yin so, and the yang. 
I've been in a, I've been in a whirlwind this week. If you yeah. couldn't tell by the way I opened this episode, um, the That's song almost has a billion listens on Spotify. Yeah, it's crazy, it's dude. Wild, wild. Can't deny that. It's 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 got that for a reason. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's on a, a TikTok sound right now too. So it just it is. So yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, but yeah, I I like the song. I I have no shame in in the Harry Styles either. I'm not gonna go see him in concert, but I'll listen to his music. <laughs> no, no, you won't catch me seeing him live, but I'll I'll uh, I'll definitely listen to his shit whenever it pops up. So there you go, guys. Um, bands that broke up too soon. Um, check out our social media, Off the Beaten Cliff. Um, the Instagram is at Off the Beaten Cliff. Twitter is at Off Cliff. Um, email is Off the Beaten Cliff at gmail dot com. Uh, we actually know what we're doing next week, Kev. Yeah, you, you want to tell the people. Oh, do we are we doing the academy awards playlist yeah okay so yeah next week uh so this is kind of inspired by i don't know if we've talked i think we've talked about a little bit but dill's gonna be out uh out of town for an entire month so we've been pre-recording some episodes we're doing a spinoff uh we're calling off the beaten reel where we're gonna do two weeks of stranger things breakdown and then we have two weeks where we both picked a really shitty movie and we broke it down and so I'm really excited to listen to those episodes because it's been a while since we've recorded them all. Um, but with that in mind, I just I thought it might be a cool idea to do a playlist based on movies. And so we we argued back and forth on how we should construct this playlist. Um, and eventually I, I wanted to do, make it super specific and make it very difficult. Um, but I eventually relented. And so what we're going to do is it's songs from any movie but they have to be an original soundtrack movie. So it can't be like, you know, it was a song, a band already re- had recorded that they put on the, the soundtrack for the movie. It has to be something that was made for that movie. So, you know, I know you're going to have, I disappear by Metallica on there. <laughs> yeah. Hardly. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about though. So um, I think that gives us, I think we have every movie ever to pick from. Um, but it also giving it the limitation of being an original, an OST, um, is going to make it kind of challenging. And I think it'll be fun to see what we come up with for it. Yeah. And if you guys have recommendations, we'd love to hear them. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we'll, oh, uh, oh, yo, go. one last thing. Join the discord. The link, the link tree is in our bio on both Twitter and, uh, Instagram. That's the top of our link tree. Um, we have a lot of fun in there. I would, I would, I, you know, we have a moderator in there that's doing some really cool shit with it, making some cool bots. And we have a, you know, we're trying to make it legitimate. And I really want it to grow into a place where it's just like people can hang and talk about music and like do song of the show submissions there. So they're all in one place. Um, it's, I, I have big ideas for it. And right now it's just five of us plus our moderator yeah (laughs) so but it's still fun it's still fun but i i would love for it to become a place where you know people can just come and talk about music or talk shit about us and about our our episodes um i want it to be like a one-stop shop for everything that we do as far as like uh show discussions so please join it i think it'll be cool yeah yeah and we got tommy in there too so if you want to talk yeah tommy too yeah that's right tommy joined the other day so um that's exciting (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're growing we're going if we get one person a week we'll be we'll be rocking and rolling by the end of the year exactly yeah thanks for listening guys uh go join our discord and go check out our instagram and twitter um 
Kevin's been running it. I don't know how he's doing, but I'm sure he's doing great. Yeah, I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm late every single week on posting the episode, but it still gets there. My captions are fire. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think eventually I'm going to come back to just Twitter. I'm probably going to leave Instagram behind. Um, so we can just yeah. divorce parents. That's fine. Out. Totally. Yeah. I'll, uh, we can do a shared custody kind of thing. You take Twitter. <laughs> I'll do the Instagram. Instagram's easy. Yeah. Um, it's fun too. I like posting stories and stuff on Instagram. So, um, yeah, that's fine. And you're, you like Twitter. So I do. It's fine. <laughs> that's the only one I really miss. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. All right. So just so everybody knows, why i was so flustered at the beginning of this episode i i have this thing where i if we record early on mondays or fridays so i order food so i've been doing it for what a month and a half now i got dairy queen today because i was like you know what i fucking want a blizzard so i'll get some food to justify me having a blizzard before noon and (laughs) i finish my food i eat all my chicken strips they're delicious and i see my small blizzards just sitting there and I can't wait to dig into it. I wanted a drumstick blizzard. It's my new favorite thing. Waffle cone, peanuts, chocolate. Great. I open the thing. It's a little melted. That's fine. I take a bite. And it's fucking a cheesecake blizzard. And a dill, as I took a bite, and you guys couldn't see this, but I pulled it away from my face, and I actually flipped off the blizzard, and I slammed it down. <laughs> and I was it threw me off, dude, because... One, I was expecting something else, and that's never a good thing. So it's like if you see, uh, I don't know, a brown soda, and you sip it thinking it's Coke, and it ends up, it ends up being Dr. Pepper. Like, that's fine because Dr. Pepper is good, but it's like it tastes bad because it's not what you were expecting. Yeah. This is even worse because I fucking hate cheesecake. So not not only was it the wrong thing, it was something I hated, so I couldn't even power through and be like, ah, well, it's still ice cream. I'm going to eat it. No. I was pissed. I was so I've fucking never, angry. I've never laughed so hard watching someone flip off an inanimate object <laughs> while I was talking to him about a band he loves. I was talking about Daft Punk, and yeah. I totally lost you. <laughs> I was so pissed. Like My brain just shut off, and all I could think about was how furious I was at the shit that was in my mouth. Yeah, you I were didn't like spit it out. I, you were immediately beat red. Dude, I was pissed. And that's, that's, that's the thing about me, dude. Like I, anything like big, big things that I should get angry about. Don't bother me. Roll them right off my shoulders. Nothing I can do about it, but shit like this, where it doesn't literally mean anything. That's going to ruin your weekend. They infuriate me to no end. And I'm just like, that's all I wanted, dude. I just wanted fucking, I wanted a cool treat to go with my hot eats and I (laughs) I didn't get what I fucking wanted. And now I'm pissed. I'm going to go punch babies. You're going to have to go to the cone now. I might. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I'll go to the cone. Fuck DQ.